time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend just a few moments advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. Now, let me explain to myself and you, reminding myself and you that the only thing God thinks is truly sacred is free will. You may have a particular stained glass window in your church you think transports you to the heavens, but God is not that impressed. You may have a particular scripture you believe is even more powerful than another, but nothing is truly sacred to God but free will. Oh, we think he gets fussy about other matters or these commandments or those commandments. But remember the two times that God repented. Yes, God repented in the Bible were when he judged humans too harshly and they ended up just being very human and he should have known it. And then when he decided to flood them out, which took away their free will, right? It says God repented. Why did he repent? Because God digs free will. I don't care what your politics are. If you, if you end up removing free will from people in some way, you are not just working against another political party. You will find yourself struggling against God. Even though we know Free will stands as the most important function in the universe. It's even greater than love because love itself must be an act of free will. Otherwise, God would be killing off all those atheists over there who are bad-mouthing them and promoting all those fine religious folks. Now, can you go with me with that in mind? Understanding that the creator of the universe believes, advocates for free will. When it comes to causes, religions, politics, and corporations, here's the problem. They don't believe in free will. Oh, they claim to. But the Constitution of the United States which gives us choice, can take it right back if the Supreme Court decides they don't like our choice. So there's kind of like this game going on. We shall call it the game of take and choose. If you want to play and be successful, you have to ignore your personal preferences and free will, and instead take what society, religion, politics, and corporations decide to give to you. If you're willing to take what's given, you're considered a good American, very proper, a worthy workman 
and a good Christian. But if for some reason you're not willing to line up and take the daily demand, but instead you want to choose something else, you can be accused of a whole lot of sins. And some people might even consider you unpatriotic. The Bible refers to this thought process as the world. But what we're really talking about is this social consciousness of our time that tries to sway all of us in one direction. In other words, what does everybody consider what everybody should do? We get together and that we everybody considers what everybody should do. If you decide not to do it, you will be cast in a role of oddball. So here's how the system works. Here's the take part of the game. It comes in three parts. Number one, take a look. Our society gives you about 10 different acceptable appearances which are offered to you, which will allow you to move freely in the flow of the everyday life. You will need to take one of these appearances and make it your own. This is why Walmart can come up with clothing that satisfies what seems to be the mass of humanity. If we were all choosing our clothes, how would they ever know what to make? But you see, we don't really get to choose. We're told to take a look and here's your choices. Maybe you like the print. Maybe you like the stripes. But guess what? It doesn't come in plaid, so don't ask. Just take the look that we're presenting to you. Maybe you have funny ears, so we're suggesting that you tack on a beard. Take a look at what's being provided for you to be appreciated To be appreciated, you must gain some personal invisibility. Otherwise, you might startle someone, which is never appreciated, by the way. And for those who don't take the afforded look, the the suggested way to appear, we have names for those kind of people. Actually, any synonym of weird will do. In one particular era of our country, those weird people were called hippies. My mother always called the kids whose look didn't fit into our community. She called them hoods. And it was so disconcerting to my mother when I started bringing some of these hoods home and they they were polite and gentle and creative and intelligent. Now, it didn't change her mind. She still believed that they they should take a look, take on one of the acceptable appearances. Some, for a while, believed that hair should be just a certain length. Some folks believed that once you reach a certain age, you should do some work on your face so you can stay young. 
Because we just don't understand it when, like, some Hollywood actor just decides to look his or her age. After we're told to take a look, we're... Number two, we're told to take a color. Now, this doesn't mean you're bigoted exactly, but it means you want to honor your particular heritage. So now we have a white thing and we have a black thing, a, a Hispanic thing and an Asian thing. Yes, once you take a look, it's expected that you place your allegiance and you take a color. We refuse to call it prejudice. Sometimes it's just this idea, well, you know, birds birds of a feather flock together. Nowadays, we even call it seeking out your ancestry or maybe your genetic code. This is not what it is. It's the world. It's the social structure asking you to take a color. Here's the problem. Toddlers playing in a nursery somewhere, they do not clump by color. And whether we admit it, we admit it or not, we respect the color we take more than other colors. The prejudice even lessens as the color fades. You ever notice that? Seems at times we're most Prejudice to black. Brown's not so bad. Red's a little better. Tan, now we're getting in the ballpark. Yellow, well, yeah. White. Pick a color. Take a color. And finally, can I give you number three? We are ordered to take a profile. In other words, find your personality. We'll give you five or six choices. Here, just take this test and see where you fit in. And please do not say you don't fit in or you don't want to be just one personality. We just couldn't let you do that. We couldn't let you take that possibility. Pick a personality that swell, slides real well onto the shelf of life, and then you live with it. Don't veer or be queer. Please don't veer or be queer. So here they are. Take a look. Pick out your acceptable appearance that fits in with what we've decided is socially acceptable. Then take a color. Honor the heritage of your, heritage of your ancestry. It's the only... It's a wonderful thing to do to support your culture. And then take a profile. Pick out your personality. Oh, that's Jim over there. He's a quiet fellow. Oh, look at Clara. Boy, she has a loud mouth. Well, remember, I told you, it's a game. You don't have to play the game of take. You can play the game of choose. There are fewer people who join into this particular game. In this particular game of choose, instead of taking a look, you can choose a style. 
Maybe you like to wear red all the time. Then wear red. Maybe you like shorts, even though you're kind of chubby. God bless you. Maybe you don't know what to do with your hair, so you cut it all off, start over again. You're the prettiest bald woman in the room. All of these things are questionable in the game of take, but perfectly free will in the game of choose. And remember who likes free will? Like God? Also in the game of choose, there's only one selection available. It's not black, white, red, yellow, Eastern European, you know, African. It's just called human. You don't focus on your white, your black, your tan, your high yellows, your red bone, your Japanese or Korean. You just keep it real, real simple. Hi, human being, much like myself. Well, hi to you, human being, very similar to me. There's just a whole lot less to remember. And finally, in this game of choose, you take the profile of of a personality thrust upon you. But instead of doing that like you do in the game of take, you don't receive that profile of a personality thrust upon you. You refuse it when people say, you can just tell that baby is going to be a public speaker or a concert pianist. Look at those fingers. Instead, you choose good cheer because it's the only thing that fights fear. Sometimes good cheer is quiet. Sometimes good cheer is loud. Sometimes good cheer speaks, and sometimes good cheer is silent. But good cheer is always good cheer. And it's necessary to play the game of choose instead of take so you can keep your good cheer instead of becoming depressed or finding yourself trying to imitate what you think you should feel to go along with what people think you should be feeling. The pressure in our society is immense to play the game of take. You must appear and act the way your profile demands. But if you choose, then you're following the mind of your creator who offered you free will. Not just you, but to one and all. So that you can choose your style. How do we want to appear physically and creatively to those around us? We can choose to be humans instead of trying to keep up with a, a color wheel of faces and designs. And we can choose good cheer instead of moping, being sad, being tentative, or too much over the top. Because that's what they told us we were when we were little, and we've been trying to live it out ever since. The good news is in this year, 2020, we are being pushed to sacrifice our free will for the common attitude of the masses. But the better news is, we can choose our style, our humanity, and live it out every day with good cheer.
That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.